Hi, Jay. Good to have you on the podcast. Good to have you. Uh, good to have you interview me, and I appreciate the opportunity, brother. Truly do. <laughs> so, um, for everybody who doesn't know you, Jay, uh, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Jay Campbell. I'm 48 years old. Um, I am doing a, a lot of different things. Uh, about five and a half years ago, I wrote a book on testosterone replacement therapy at the time, which was called the Definitive TRT Manual. Uh, it went on to become the number one selling book ever written on the subject and allowed me, uh, I guess, many avenues to um, kind of evangelize the message of hormonal optimization. And really now to the point of just physical and health optimization, subsequently to that book, I've written the Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, which is like the number three rated, I think, according to Amazon, if you believe anything Amazon says, um, uh, intermittent <laughs> fasting book ever sold. Um, which is actually a book on how to optimize intermittent fasting. So it's a little different than most intermittent fasting books. And then I also wrote, which was essentially my magnum opus last February, the TOT, Testosterone Optimization Therapy Bible, which is, um, as you know, a, a monster. It's over 600 pages, over 792 uh, research citations. So it's essentially all of the modern and relevant science as it relates to teaching men and women how to optimize their hormones and, of course, their overall physical health. So those three books have kind of positioned me in a place now um, where I am kind of looked at as a subject matter expert, so to speak, or, or thought leader on the topics. And uh, it's allowed me many, many different opportunities, and I'm very blessed to be here with you today. I do in my what I call my money magic system life. My wife and I do own a residential real estate company in Southern California, that's also pretty successful in that we have a bunch of people that work for us, but this is kind of my primary day-to-day -day thing now. So um, I enjoy coming on podcasts and talking to amazing people like you, brother. <laughs> so Jay, I'm, I'm so excited to talk to you today. So um, before we talk about like health optimization and, and stuff like that, could you please tell our listeners a bit about your background? Like sure. how did you grow up and how did your childhood look like? Yeah, no, great questions. Very, very few people actually ask me that. It's kind of funny, right? They just want to talk about TRT and all that stuff. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so I'm actually the oldest of nine children. And my mom actually gave birth to 10, but the first one died of SIDS. Um, so um, I'm technically the oldest or was the oldest. And um, I grew up in a very, very competitive family. My father was a newspaper uh, executive, also a former Rhodes Scholar. So like hyper, super competitive guy, very smart And he pushed all of his children to be successful. So um, he was ascending the corporate ladder as I was in high school. So I actually was in living. I lived. I went to five different high schools in five states in four years. So very nomadic, but it really, you know, developed my character. Uh, and it also cultured me to like many different peoples, ethnicities, races, colors, creeds, all that stuff. So like, you know, I never really had any of those limiting beliefs or that narrow vision that a lot of people who grew up in similar small towns do, you know, where they're just kind of reinforced by what they see in that small area where they don't travel. So I was very fortunate to travel. Um, I went to college to play basketball. I played basketball um, at a school called Georgia Southwestern, which is a division two basketball school scholarship athlete. Um, and then from there, I moved out to California with one of my best friends um, after I, I was done playing and um, got into acting entertainment you know, modeling, all that stuff. Like a lot of people from the East Coast go to California and that's what they do. Um, but subsequently, you know, I had a cup of coffee as an actor. I did some stuff. Um, but then from there, I got into sales and marketing. And when I was 29 years old, I was playing, still playing competitive basketball leagues. I got kicked in the testicles. Um, it shut down my natural testosterone production greatly. Oh, 
Yeah, I didn't know that that was the case, and so I was very, very lucky that I went to you know just a regular PPO doctor. <laughs> so, and, so, so, sorry to interrupt, uh, brother. Yeah. Um, could could you share the story with us? Because I think yeah, would, no, I mean, I mean, basically, I was just playing, you know, and I got kicked, and it was like, ah, oh, you know, I rolled over and hurt, and got back up and played or whatever. But about six weeks later, I started feeling really run down. I was like, this is not right. So I went to a PPO doctor in the United States, you know, uh, just an insurance doctor, and I was very lucky because this was back in 1999. I was literally like a month away from turning 30 and he recommended me to an endocrinologist. And it happened to be that the endocrinologist was a Harvard educated guy. His name was Dr. Raymond Scruggs. And again, this is purely random. Okay. Um, and I went to him, he ran some tests on me. He said, look, dude, you have low testosterone. He's, you know, I told him what happened. He's like, you know, this is sometimes what happens. I can put you on a therapeutic dose of testosterone and get you back to normal and you'll be great as good as, you know, new. And, you know, being a smart guy, um, you know, my minor I, in college, I majored in international relations with double minor in political science and molecular bio. So I was always a science nerd and I always loved reading that kind of stuff. And I was obviously always into maintaining my fitness and staying lean and all that stuff. But um, I didn't know anything about testosterone. So he said he would put me on therapeutic testosterone. I went home and I talked to my at the time, my first wife. Um, and, and I asked her, I said, are you okay? Are you comfortable? And she's like, look, you're a smart guy. If you are sure, let's do it. So fast forward six, seven, eight weeks, I felt absolutely amazing. I became super, super studious into finding out more about it. But, um, at that time, Hardy, um, you could not literally get any information, you know, globally, like you can now, like the paradigm has shifted. And obviously I'm one of the people very responsible for that, but, you had to do research. You had to go into like Bulgarian research journals or Russian research journals. I mean, I'm serious. There was nothing out there that was like in the scientific community that was talking about testosterone. The only place that there was, and I always give credit to Nelson, um, like I say, standing on the shoulders of giants, was that Nelson Virgil, who at the time I wrote my book, had written the number one book before my book, which was called Testosterone, a Man's Guide. But he was writing it from the narrative of a man who was literally dying of AIDS. So when he started the research, um, his research, there was nothing. So him and another guy, a doctor by the name of Dr. Michael Mooney, they wrote a book called Built to Survive. And it was literally about their struggle to survive AIDS. And so that was, again, 1999, 2000, when I really started reading about this stuff. And then from there, the next 10 to 12 years of my life, I became a total dork. I read all the research that was available. There was more than I thought. It was just difficult to access at that point. Um, and then my friends, you know, they started saying like, you know, they saw how fit I was and I was always in great shape. I'd always be like the best looking, best shaped guy in the place. And they'd be like, how do you look like that? And I'd be like, dude, I use therapeutic testosterone. I was never not transparent about my using of it. Um, but you know, that's a, you know, when you use that word, people will tend to demonize it. The public, you know, the mainstream media demonizes. it. So it wasn't something I was advertising at like corporate parties. <laughs> I, was in, I was in like the uh, automotive space. I worked in digital marketing at a very high level in the automotive space. You're wearing, wearing like t-shirts. Hey, I'm on TRT, right? Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> right. Right. So it's like, you know, but, but, but the smart guys, you know, and all these guys are smart executive types, you know, they'd always ask me and I'd be like, look, you know, I can recommend a doctor. I can, you know, help you do this. So a couple of my friends, one being Mike Cernovich was like, bro, you got to write a book. You know, this is so, you know, so much about this, you know, a hundred times more than any doctor. What are you going to do? So fast forward, uh, you know, that was probably in like 2011, 2012 in 2014, I decided to do it. I created a white paper on it, which was really good, actually, which was the basis of the first book. I sent it to Nelson, emailed him, you know, public. I didn't know him. And I also sent it to Rick Collins, who's now a very close personal friend. He's like the world's, you know, number one attorney 
for professional athletes and performance enhancement, track and field, football, all that stuff. And I said, look, dude, could you guarantee me that I'm not going to get in trouble as a lay person writing a book in the medical field that's, you know, very high level? And he read it and, and he literally was very responsive. And he didn't know me from Adam and, you know, said, hey, here's my number. Call me. And we spoke on the phone and he was like, look, man, he's like, first off, I don't know you, but your book is gold. But secondly, <laughs> he's like, secondly, he's like, there's no way anybody they'd be lying to you if they told you that you somebody, if they want got a bug up their ass and they wanted to put an investigation on you, they could, because again, you're not a doctor and you're writing about medical terminology. So that shelved it. Um, and I didn't do anything, but I swear. And again, you know, this is how the world works. No coincidences. Nelson sent me an email about two months later and it just came in the middle of the night one night. And he was like, look, I don't know who you are, but this is absolutely amazing. We need to talk. Blah, blah, blah. So we spoke on the phone. I told him what happened. He's about what Rick's comments were. And he said, dude, Look, man, he says, I'm on panels with the DEA and the FDA. This material has to get out to the public, man. Men need to know this. This is gold, blah, blah, blah. I'll help you. So fast forward, he did help me. We went back to the drawing board with the book. We made it a lot better. Mike was involved for a very short time, but Mike was also blowing up in his life at the time and was involved in a lot of projects. So we ended up deciding to just go our separate ways. So I finally released the book in 2015 in November. And in the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> you just had a very quick four-minute synopsis of Jay Campbell's life up until now, I think. <laughs> I love this. So um, to wrap this a little bit up, so um, basically you had a pretty good childhood and uh, your 20s and 30s were, were pretty amazing, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure, man. I mean, my, I mean, there's no question, like, you know, looking back, from a financial standpoint, like I was winning, right? Like from most people's perspective, but from a spiritual standpoint, dude, I was defunct. I mean, I literally was, my nickname was, and Mike could tell you this, but my nickname was F-U pay me. That's what my nickname was. Like I was a ruthless assassin. You know, I could sit there and sell, a, you know, an Eskimo ice cubes And, and, but that's, I just didn't have the spirituality component that I have now. And obviously I've gotten that from time and observing all the mistakes that I made. And obviously I also define my mistakes as just learning experiences, but from a financial standpoint and where I was, it was amazing. I was a millionaire, uh, many times over. Um, and I also was able to connect and network with amazing people, right. Which now is kind of the basis of my inner circle slash clicks that I run with now. Uh, but I was not the person that I am spiritually from an evolution standpoint. But again, that's just kind of the process of growth on this planet, right? Like you either make a decision to get worse and focus on the material or you make a decision to evolve your consciousness and help everybody else. But 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 what do you mean by that you yet that you now probably developed your, your consciousness? Like were you unhappy back then or? No, no, I wasn't unhappy, okay. but I just didn't understand the purpose. Like, you know. I, I've done a lot of I've done a lot of inner work. Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot of inner work on myself. You know, I met my wife when I was about 41. My current wife, Monica, and she's been such an amazing spiritual coach and mentor to me. And I really started, you know, going deeper. You know, I was always like a surface. You know, really understood things. You know, focused on the external, making money, having nice things. You know, looking good, all those things. But you know, I realized that it's good to have those things, but at the same time, there's much more to life. <laughs> so um brother let's talk a little bit about like uh let's switch gears and talk about like trt like sure. well because you're like most famously i think known for everybody like as a trt expert here in the right. space so um like what were your personal like 
biggest realizations when it comes down to to TRT? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, also, not asked very much. Um, I mean, truthfully, when I first started using therapeutic testosterone, again, this goes back almost 20 years, right? Like I'm 19 and a half years now um, using therapeutic testosterone. Um, I really didn't know what to expect. I mean, obviously, the, the popular media reinforces the opinion that, you know, it's steroids and it's anabolic drugs and you're cheating and it's unethical <laughs> and all the other BS, right? But, but obviously, being a smart person and very studied and also analytical, I took a, a, a path of like, okay, well, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to use, you know, the Tim Ferriss, um, you know, minimum, minimum effective dose strategy, the MED strategy, you know, start low, go slow and see what happens. And in doing that, like literally within three to four months of being on therapeutic testosterone, my life completely changed. And I, what I meant by that is that my energy levels improved, my cognition improved, I mean, the energy that you see right now, dude, I've had this type of energy since probably four months starting after testosterone. And, you know, that's the one thing that people always will say to me. It's like, dude, do you ever chill out? Like you have so much energy. Like I'm, you know, I'm moving around all the time. A lot of people watch my podcast and they complain and they'll be like, that guy never stops moving. He's on crack. He's coked up or he's on <laughs> methamphetamine or, you know, like I see comments on YouTube channels all the time. And I'm like, no, man, that's just my vibration. Like my rate of spin is insane. I just have massive amounts of energy. But testosterone really maximized that. And um, obviously, again, all the other benefits that you get from it, again, increased cognition, better endurance. You know, a lot of people think it's like a it's a sexual thing. It's really... It, it doesn't even really, in my opinion, unless you're using super physiologic levels, which of course we're not talking about here, but it doesn't really do that much for sex drive. It will strengthen and improve your erections. Um, it definitely can increase sexual endurance because it improves nitric oxide formation to the penis. So, but I mean, it's like, you know, most people, they think testosterone, I mean, you know, the average, put it this way, let's, let's, let's put it this way. The average 40 year old guy today in the world, okay, is testosterone deficient. But they have no idea because, again, medicine doesn't acknowledge this. Um, those who do have a very poor understanding and awareness of the condition. They really don't know how to treat for it. The textbooks like, you know, the most famous testosterone textbook is a doctor in Germany. And I forget his name escapes me right now. But I mean, you know, I've quoted and, and, and referenced him. But I mean, like his standards of testosterone delivery are farce. They're, they, they make no sense. But you still have the world's en top endocrinologist following that textbook. So the reality is, is that the majority of the medical community still doesn't understand how to treat for it or even evaluate symptoms for it or even read blood work, Hardy. So it's it's kind of weird. Um, but that's kind of, you know, where we're at right now. Once men find out the value of having their blood work measured, of, you know, working with a physician when they have a deficiency, which, again, the majority of the men in the world today have a deficiency. And we can talk about why they do in a minute. But you have to be aware, right? Like it doesn't matter what you do in your life. You're not going to be successful unless, you know, one of my really good friends on the Twitter uh, space, a guy you should probably interview his name is, um, I can't tell you his last name, but I'll, I'll tell you his last name off public. Uh, but it's, he goes by Gray on Twitter and he's ex, uh, you know, United States military special forces. And he always talks about situational awareness. And if you do not have situational awareness in your life, it doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to be successful, mm. right? So it's like, and let me, let me define that, right? Like there's tons of men out there right now who are millionaires who literally are one foot in the grave because they don't value their health. They put all their money into building their business or being a CEO or whatever it is, and then they lose the balance that is necessary to be a successful 
healthy human being, right? Because the truth is, brother, we only have this vessel in this lifetime. And if you do not maximize this vessel, you're not going to feel good about yourself. It doesn't, no amount of money or Lambos or nice things or G5s, those things don't mean anything to a person that doesn't have their physical health. And I see so many guys who put everything into making money and then literally get to 50 and they're one foot in the grave. Like they're literally dead. They're morbidly obese. They have type two diabetes. They have a million other things that are like fostering or or spawning in their gut. They don't even know about. And it's just like, guys, man, it's like the world is about balance, man, make money and be happy and successful, but at the same time, value your health. And I see way too many dudes that don't have that situational awareness. And, 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 you know, my wife says this all the time, brother. It's a great quote, but it's like most people do not value their health until they don't have their health. Mm. You know, and that's that is so critically important in today's day and age to be, again, situationally aware so that you do achieve balance and you do attain some form of balance in your life. Because I see way too many people like all extreme one side or the other. Totally agreed. Um, I think about like the whole topic of, of testosterone replacement therapy um there's a huge 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 stigma right in our society and culture and people like really look down upon it and it to me personally it makes no sense because we are like uh, comfortable giving birth control right. to 12 years uh, like yeah. 13 14 year old girls it's no problem like give them like sex uh, uh hormone like uh pills and and it's no problem at all like it's fine and 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 they use it for 10 20 30 years no problem no problem True. but some guy some guy who has like fucked up t levels it's, a, it's suddenly a huge problem for everybody um if he wants to get his health fixed and it, it doesn't make any sense to me it's I, unbelievable i mean think about it it's yeah. Completely nonsense. Well, so, 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 okay, but let's take that because it's a great point, but let's just take that guy right now and w- let's talk about his life. So what happens to him? So he, if, 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 he goes <laughs> yeah. to the doc- this is if he goes to the doctor, because you know that most men, especially today, right. like, they don't even know it. Yeah. Not, well, but, but in Western societies now, like men are obviously, you know, forced to be emasculated and not be masculine because it's wrong to be masculine. Right. So it's like, if, <laughs> yeah. he, choose, if he chooses to go to a doctor, because of the doctors and physicians' lack of awareness, what are they going to do, bro? They're going to prescribe him an SSRI, you know, medication to, to alter his mood because he's depressed, right? Because when you have low testosterone, that's the number one symptom, brain fog and depression. So he's going to give them that. And then they're going to be like, well, what about, you know, you have a doc, I can't get an erection either, which again, symptomatic of depression and also not having a, having a testosterone deficiency. So let's give them a sexual, you know, erectile dysfunction medication. So now you've literally prescribed him two medications, both of which do not treat the root cause, which is testosterone deficiency, and actually over time make the root cause worse because SSRIs are proven to lower testosterone further and uh, oh, didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, and screw with thyroid hormones. So again, it's the chicken and egg syndrome. You know, is testosterone causing you know metabolic disorder and obesity, low testosterone, or is it metabolic dis- dysfunction and obesity causing the low testosterone. Well, again, if you ask all the best doctors, they're going to tell you it's all, it's both. It's just a giant circle revolving wheel. And when one part of the wheel is not on the track, all the rest of the functions and systems are, are malfunctioning. So that's where we're at, bro. You're right. I mean, it's really, really sad that the average guy walking around on the streets today does not realize how much better his life could be if he was optimized uh, hormonally. And 
clearly I'm one of the world's leading evangelists and I'm banging that drum every single day whenever I get a chance to talk to people like you and obviously wherever else I appear. But I mean, I cannot stress enough the importance of making sure that your hormones are not just balanced, but optimized as you get older, because without it, dude, you're not going to have energy. And let's talk about, we can transition right now. Why (laughs) is, why is this so bad, right? Why do people, men and women, you you hit on something that I'm going to go back to because you're right on it, man. Birth control is one of the main reasons that we find ourselves in this position today because they know now, this is a statistical fact, I'm not, well, you can't Google this to fact check me, but the top guys, you know, you can talk to Dr. Anthony Jay, who's the Mayo Clinic's leading researcher on estrogen, very close personal friend of mine. All the fish in all the first world nations are becoming feminine. Right. You put a male fish in open anywhere, freshwater or uh, lakes, tributaries or streams, and they literally within one year become female. Right. So think of the chemicals in the atmosphere, in the air, the particulates, the endocrine disrupting chemicals, um, all the horrible things like BPA and phthalates and everything. You know, that stuff is literally destroying male and female endocrine systems and ultimately fertility and hormonal health. So if you're not proactive, again, situational awareness and looking at this stuff, and you can do this without a doctor, by the way, any first world nation, you can get private medical labs for out of your pocket to get a testosterone and an estradiol, which is your estrogen for males, um, evaluated. It's nothing. It's like 60, 70, 50 bucks. You know, in, in, in Los Angeles today, modern day, you can get one for 29 bucks with a coupon online. Okay. So there's no reason not to be situationally aware. But as you know, bro, if you do not maintain situational awareness and this becomes an issue for you, by the time you're 50, you're in serious trouble. I mean, and, and, and I shouldn't say that that's really later. There's guys right now in their 18, you know, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, playing video games, not exercising, not getting sunlight, not doing anything. And they have testosterone levels of 95-year-old geriatric men, right? So that's that's where we're at in society today. And I don't want to put a tinfoil hat on. That's not the purpose of this. But, you know, the smartest people that I know all say that this is somewhere in there by design. And I don't know what the grand ultimate, you know, determinant or outcome is, but you already said it with birth control. There's some form of, um, you know, how do I how do I say this? Like a eugenics, you know, they're essentially they want to lower the birth rate across the world. And when I say they, I don't know how to define they, man. They, they, they're listening, right? They're listening right now, right? But I mean, whoever is the let's, let's just call them the overlords, right? Because they might be people, they might not be, but you know, not talking about them. But the bottom line is, is that they clearly want a lower population of people in first world countries. They are attacking us from every means possible, bro. I mean, why do you think I'm wearing these blue light glasses? I delayed our call because I was polishing my blue light glasses. <laughs> Dude, seriously, like everything we do in society today in modernized world, we are being blasted. The light, see, like my ceiling lights, I turned the lights off, right? I told you, let me turn my lights off. I don't have that, you know, white HID light coming down on my body. I have stage lighting, which is actually filtered in this room. So I have no, you know, bad lighting right here. And then, of course, my computer screen, which, you know, this is a high end uh, MacBook. uh, What do you call it? Uh, iMac, really high end. And it's five, you know, K or whatever it is, dude, the radiation, the EMFs that are coming out of the screen are horrible. They damage the optic nerve. So everything we do today from holding our phones 
I mean, dude, look at this. You know, an iPhone latest and greatest with a case on it. This is military grade, high resin plastic. This kind of stuff crosses the skin, the cuticle, and it gets into your body and forget it. Who knows what it's doing? They don't even study the cross-linking. So anyway, to make a long story short, bro, we are at war with our environment. And if you do not have situational awareness and act proactively, you're just going to fall prey to everybody else, right? And then you're going to be fat and you're going to have all kinds of toxicities inside your gut, leaking everywhere, causing the diseases of aging. Your body's inflamed. You feel like shit. You obviously look like shit. I mean, it's just, this is where we're at. And so it's like, you know, I cannot stress the importance, again, of situational awareness more than than this time in, in the history of this this epic of humanity. Because if you're not situationally aware, dude, you're you're being beaten. It's that simple. And even being situationally aware is, requires a lot of effort, right? Like you have to wake up every morning focused and determined that you're not going to get beat down by the biological war that's being waged on you. So um, basically having uh, awareness is like really, really, really important. I mean, I can't imagine anything more important than that today. And again, it doesn't matter what you are, what you're doing, where you're at in your life. You just have to be awake. You know, you can't just be waking up every day, you know, food, clock in, food, you know, what, you know, there's, there's so much more to life. And that, you know, that's the whole spiritual component that I, you know, I talk about all the time, but it's just like, we see too many people do, they get on the rat train and, you know, before you know it, you're, you know, 20 years on the train and you're, you know, lost, you know? So it's like, and, and, and again, you know, I, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're fat and you're watching this podcast and you're like, well, it's hopeless for me. No, it's not. You can immediately, you can immediately make changes, you know, as soon as this podcast is over or as soon as you put your mind to saying that I'm going to change. Right. So there's never, no one's ever without hope. You just have to be focused and you have to have, you know, take action and be intentional, but take action. I love this. So, um, like, let's talk about the downsides of TRT, because I think, like, um, there's no free lunch, right? So um, there must be any downside. So could you please speak to that side of the coin? Yeah, so it's a good question. Um, so, you know, and I don't want to sound like a show, because obviously I'm very pro TRT. The, downside, <laughs> the downsides are working with the, an average doctor. Because an average doctor has absolutely, I'm allowed to say fuck on this podcast, right? So the, the average doctor has no fucking idea what they're doing in their attempt to both balance a male or female endocrine system and, of course, optimize the hormones. And, and again, it's not a fault of theirs. It's the pharmaceutical companies who are listening. Right? <laughs> I mean, they teach doctors on what they want them to know. I mean, listen, dude, this is a true statement. There are really, really smart doctors out there, you know, many of whom I've quoted in my books, many of them who support me. And obviously, I love some of these guys. I take a bullet from these for a lot of these guys. But like they will tell you that if the drug metformin, OK, which is an you know, diabetes medication, which is, you know, we can talk about it here. I've written about it prolifically in all my books. If it was in the water supply, hospitals around around the world would literally shut down. And the reason that is, is because that. And by the way, it's a it's a it's a plant. It's called the French lilac plant. So it's really not a drug. It's just manufactured as a drug because, you know, the pharmaceutical companies knew that, excuse me, could make money off it a long time ago. But it's the number one most studied drug in the history of the world. 
It's been used in diabetics and people with retinal neuro, uh, neuro, neuropathy and a bunch of other uh, disease ideologies for 75 years, studied extensively. And in patient population groups, they're massively compromised. So you're talking about people that this has been studied on, not like me, right? But thankfully now there's a lot of studies that are being on people for life extension and for age management, but, and the resistance to disease. But for the most part, the studies are on people that are basically one foot in the grave that we were talking about earlier, right? Fat people, morbidly obese, eat like shit. They wash down, you know, with alcohol, sugar, and you know what I mean, right? So it's like the typical Western diet of today. Those people actually extend their life from using this medication. But here's the thing, Hardy, and there's no coincidences in life. Doctors today believe that prescribing metformin to an otherwise healthy patient will cause lactic acidosis or renal failure, which is a kidney impairment. It's a complete lie, but this is what they have been taught in medical school. So when you're like a trained rat, right, and you're following what the med school and big pharma wants you to do so you can get your certificate and then you can go into your silo if you want to be a cardiologist or you want to be a, a general practitioner or you want to be an OBGYN. I mean, bro, that's how medicine works, right? So it's like the bottom line is they're siloing people and then they're teaching you what they want you to know, mm-hmm. not what you should know about health. And that's the saddest part is that the average doctor goes into medicine wanting to be a healer, a true healer. That's what a doctor is, that, you know, this fucking name doctor. It should just be healer because <laughs> that's what they're all about. They're tr- attempting to heal you of whatever physical ailments or disease ideology slash pathology that you have. But the pharmaceutical companies have hijacked it and they've made them paper pushers and bureaucrats and people billing insurance and all the other bullshit. So it's like the very majority of doctors today cannot help a person who wants to optimize their hormones. So that's the biggest issue. You know, you ask the downsides. If a person, male or female, works with a physician that like I recommend or I've written about or I've podcasted with, you know, again, the top doctors in the world who have been prescribing hormones and managing male and female endocrine systems for a couple decades, there are no side effects, bro. Now, when I say there are no side effects, again, this is like a big statement, my man. <laughs> and, and, and again, as a guy been on testosterone for 20 years, almost, I can assure you that, that is the truth. OK, there are hundreds of thousands of guys out there that will back me up and say that. But the side effects that most men experience are a working with doctors who don't know what they're doing and b using dosages of, you know, whatever. That is too much, right? Because again, the difference between super physiological and therapeutic, which is a micro precise dose, is massive. Yeah. Is massive, right? But when you again are under the care and supervision of a good doctor and you are using a micro dose, which is you know adjusted and what they call titrated when and when when it's necessary, there are no side effects. Now, let me just caveat that. Side effects would be. And these are transient, and that's why I don't define them as side effects. It would be sensitivity in your nipples, and we can get back to that. That's a genetic component that has nothing to do with anything but genetics. 64% of all men on the planet have a genetic predisposition to gynecomastia, and gynecomastia is tissue or growth. 64, so it's majority. But, but they, have, they have a propensity, a genetic propensity to have glandular growth around the nipples at various times in their life. So whether someone uses testosterone or any androgen or any medication for that matter can potentially exacerbate, right, or speed the development of that tissue, or it may not. But 
you know, and, and, and again, in my book, the TOT Bible, which, by the way, uh, I should have said this earlier in the show. Anybody who watches this, OK, if they want a copy of my book, any of my books, I give them for free. They're PDFs. You know, if you want the Amazon copies, you got to buy those, of course, because I'm not paying to ship it to you. But <laughs> my team, my team will send you a copy of any of my books. So all you have to do is send an email to contact at trtrevolution.com. And you can obviously put that in the show notes too, but we'll send you the books. But the truth is, is that you may or may not have a flare of gynecomastia in your teenage years, at 40, at 60, at 70, and never touch testosterone, even specific medications that increase prolactin formation. There's a lot of things that can cause it to happen. But bottom line is the majority of doctors are totally ignorant on that too. So um, they think that testosterone causes that. So the nipple sensitivity is actually, again, a very um, transient, you know, body getting acclimated to an exogenous form of testosterone coming in. So you can have that little bit of sensitivity. It goes away. You let, let it go. Um, the other things would be mood imbalances, because, again, your body is now relying on an external form versus what you had internally. Um, and then sometimes. You can have symptoms from high estrogen or low estrogen, and that's from the conversion of testosterone through an enzyme called aromatase into estrogen, which is actually called estradiol scientifically. But bottom line is all of those things can easily be mitigated and managed and overcome when you're working with a doctor who knows that that's going to happen. Now, here's the thing, and this is the most important thing I probably talk about on the show. A person today who is inflamed, so if you treat your body like shit, you eat, you know, lots of sugar, lots of processed GMO organized food, manufactured food, and you also wash it down with alcohol. Your body is a giant disease magnet. OK, you are what we call inflamed. Some of my friend doctors call you our metabolic emergency. Your body is literally predisposed to dying of various metabolic diseases, vascular incidents diabetes, cancer, I mean, you name it, you're basically like a magnet to all this stuff because you are treating your body like shit. Would you, would you drive a M5? You know, I drive an M3 personally, but if you were driving one of those cars, would you put water in the gas tank? Well, that's essentially what you would be doing. Okay. If you just treat your body like shit every day by the foods you eat and the, and the alcohol that you consume. And then that doesn't even count the recreational drugs that you might be taking, which is also fucking killing you. So when you're inflamed, okay, any good drug, whether it's testosterone, whether it's desiccated thyroid, whether it's metformin, there's a million other supplements, peptides, whatever, uh, low, you know, low doses of growth hormone, whatever, you will have a bot of what is called a cytokine response of inflammatory cytokine um, hormones that respond to any other drug coming into your body because your body is in a state of like, eh. like your stomach is what is called dysbiotic. So you're just literally inflamed. So the problem that today that, and again, very few doctors understand this because this is like very cutting edge. It's not taught yet, but what we now know at the highest levels, tip of the spear of medicine is that inflammation is the root cause of all problems. So all disease is from your body being inflamed. So think of it like this, right? Like your body, when it's inflamed, has cellular degradation, okay? The degradation leads to the cells in the body to just being like really, really like broken up, not strongly formed. And then as soon as they sit like that for a long time, disease happens. 
So you end up becoming inflamed. I mean, uh, you end up getting some form of disease and it can be anything. It can be cancer. It can be heart disease, right? Think about all of your vascular networks are clogged. You know, guys get stents. They have heart blockages. So again, if you, if you don't treat your body well with respect and give it the decency that it deserves by eating clean and exercising with a combination of obviously endurance and weight training and all these things that we always talk about, then your body is just going to be a giant inflammatory, you know, blob and anything that comes into it has a response to it. So a lot of guys today who do go on testosterone, they have a response to the testosterone because their bodies are inflamed and they have all of these quote unquote side effects that you've heard about, but they're not side effects from the testosterone. They're yeah. side effects from their body's systemic. You get it? Lego size, yeah. Yeah. So that's, so that's the thing. And this, that's tip of the spear. You're not going to talk to a lot of guys in the world that are going to give you an explanation like that, but that's kind of where we're at now in medicine, where we understand that the bottom line is, is if you do not treat your body right, and then you give it anything, medication, supplements, whatever, your body is going to react violently for the most part to it. Because again, it's already inflamed. And it's like saying like, dude, now what are you putting into me? Yeah, um, I n never thought about it like this. I think uh, a great, great lesson for everyone. Um, so, brother, um, let's give our listeners something practical. So sure. what would you tell our listeners? Like, what would be your best advice to um, get the hormones, uh, like, like uh, to really perform on peak performance? Like, what would be your best advice for everyone who wants to look into TRT and, and, and wants to get their hormones uh, on optimized levels? Awesome question. Um, first off, always, as you know, knowledge is power, right? Like make sure that you read or you educate yourself. And again, I, I realize nowadays that not everybody's a reader. A lot of people like to watch videos and stuff like that. Um, I, I, I kind of say, you know, do both. But if there are resources out there, like my website, you know, totrevolution.com, which is just packed with tons of free articles and content. And then my, my YouTube channel, which is uh, youtube.com forward slash TRT revolution. You can just search Jay Campbell or, or TRT revolution, but there's so much, I mean, there's like an absolute wealth, a cornucopia. There's so much free content from the best doctors in the world, the leading subject matter experts. And we talk about all the highly relevant stuff. So always the first process is to become enlightened and educate yourself, right? Like knowledge is power. That is the, that is the number one thing. So I see too many people today and you know this, but Most people today are so goddamn lazy, right? Because technology has afforded us in first world nations the ability to get any answer instantly, right? We have Google, Siri, Alexa. People have gotten to the point, bro, where, and I've heard this and I've gotten feedback from this, and this is incredible stuff, but people are so inherently lazy now. They don't even want to read to learn. Like they'll say to me, like, why would I want to read that to learn it when I can just Google it and have it in three seconds? So we've gotten to a point now where people don't even really want to actually do the work, right? Because that's what we always talk about in the spiritual world, do the work. You got to do the work. But like the reality is, <coughs> is people are so lazy due to this that they just want the answers. They don't want the research or the reading. They just want your answer. So a lot of times <coughs> nowadays, unfortunately, and this is for a lot of younger generation, they just want the guru to tell them. Just tell me. People will email me. Dude, I mean, I don't respond. I mean, I have a team, thank God now. But like I've gotten, I probably on average right now, and I'm not saying this to brag, I just this is how big this issue is in the world. I get over 400 messages a day between all comms from people. 
from people all over the world asking me questions like, hey, bro, can you look at my blood work? Hey, bro. You know, and it's like I don't look at them anymore because I have a team, thankfully, that does. But like I know what's going on. and It's only going to get bigger, Hardy. Right. Because as more situational awareness happens over this problem, it's just going to be massive. Right. Because it is a global epidemic. It's yet still unrecognized other than people like us at the tip of the spear. But the bottom line is, is that you have to be aware, situationally aware, informed. And most importantly, you have to get your blood work done. So if you're 25, you're 18, you're 40, wherever you are in the world, unless you're in like the Aborigine area of Australia, you can get your blood work done. Okay. And you don't need a doctor's permission. You don't need you know, some socialized medicine country, like, you know, a lot of the guys in the Slavic and Scandinavian countries are always telling me, bro, we can't do it here. You know, they won't even let us. I mean, it's, dude, it is crazy. Like there are places um, in the um, Scandinavian world where you can't even have testosterone. Like if you look big at a gym, they will literally come into your house and ask you if you're on steroids. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, you know, that, that, that is madness. It's madness. I mean, well, it is, it's embarrassing. And it's, it's, it is madness, but like, you know, I feel for those guys. So outside of those dudes, you should be able to get your blood work done. Simple total testosterone and free testosterone test, which free testosterone is the bioavailable amount. Um, and again, I don't like to get esoteric when I do podcasts because we are talking about scientific terms and doctor speak and all that. And I realize a lot of people are turned off by metal medical jargon. And so, so I really, you know, I, the best way to say is I really do dumb it down. I don't want people to like have to hear big words and all that bullshit. But if you do want big words and you do want, you know, all the bullshit, you know, get this book, right? I mean, it's, I mean, look at it. It's over 600 pages and it's not big fat words, right? And there's thousands of, free, you know, research studies in here. So if you want that, get the book and I'll send the PDF to you for free, right? But, re, you know, getting your blood work done is very simple. It's just testosterone, free testosterone and sensitive estradiol. Again, this is if you're a younger man, if you're an older guy, you should definitely have a better uh, you know, full composite, like an internal diagnostic of all of your um, uh, uh, biomarkers, right? So, and all the biomarkers you need to measure are in the book. There's a whole chapter on it. It's very simple. It's laid out. These are the eight or nine, 12 things, whatever, depending on your age. And then, you know, Hardy, the important truth of all of this is those three things. So to summarize, become informed, um, maintain situational awareness, you know, knowing what's going on around you at all times right now with all the horrible chemicals and stuff like that, you know, making sure you're drinking the right kind of water. Um, you know, you're avoiding alcohol, you're minimizing your sugar content, you're eating clean, you understand basic nutrition, you should understand fasting, we could talk a little bit about fasting before this thing ends, because I, I love to talk about fasting, because it's so important, and anybody can do fasting, right, you don't have to have a dollar to fast. But it, you know, you, you have to do that stuff. And then of course, get your blood work done, but you should get your blood work done in my opinion. And this is how I look at it is if you're over 30, you have to get your blood work done once a year. Okay. If you're under 30, you can probably go every couple of years, but if you're 22 and you get your blood work done and you're you know, already what is called class two or type two hypogonadal, which is again, what we're talking about for the most part, which is testosterone deficiency from the environment. You probably are going to have to look at getting your blood work done much, much more like a 30 year old guy. And that's regularly. I personally get my blood blood work done twice a year. Right. I get it. You know, I'll get my blood work done at the very beginning of the year. And then I usually get my blood work done sometime around July or August. And I don't do it all the time, but most of the time I do. And I have a gigantic file folder at my house, you know, since I started getting my blood work done almost 20 years ago. Now, obviously, the last four or five years, I don't have a folder anymore because I just have them on my desktop in my Dropbox. 
but I have all my blood work from the last 20 years. So I can actually go back and I can look at my biomarkers. And if there's any kind of variance or, you know, huge swing or divergence, then, you know, I have a good idea, like, well, what, you know, to assess like my environment and my epigenetic factors, like what did I do this year that would make my love, my levels change. But those are your biggest things, bro. Um, got it. I, I, I love your insights on this topic. So um, let, let's, like how how does a typical like trt protocol look like and then you could uh continue with 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 fasting i would love to hear your thoughts on fasting okay yeah it's a good question so i'm actually writing a book right now with daniel kelly who you should definitely have come on your show too daniel is you know one of the leading thought leaders now trained by me but you know one of the biggest guys in europe now um, and he's, and it's awesome. It's totally deserving. I think he's 32 now, but you know, he started out on testosterone at 27. He met me through Mike Cernovich and, you know, I counseled him and helped him and stuff like that. And he was very worried and nervous, but he had, you know, very classic low T symptoms. And now fast forward to like five years now where he is now. And he's like a beast, right? He's amazing. He's doing all this great stuff for the world. And that's like the greatest thing for me, right? Like when I can work and help other people and then they go beyond and just like take it to the next level, it's just like so amazing. But The truth is, is that in that book, and, and that book is going to be called How to Live a Fully Optimized Life. Um, what is actually the second part of it? So, I, oh, How to Break Free from the Sick Care Medicine Model. It's actually going to be an amazing book. It's going to be less than 40 pages. And it's just going to be, look, we don't have to prove why or validate or you know support with science because we've done all that. This is what we do. And this is how we do it. And this is how you should do it. And here's how to do it, right? It's going to be that, right? Because we realize today, like I was telling you, people are so lazy. They don't even want to read a sentence to get the answer. They want the answer. So this book is literally the answers, again, as we, as, as we know them, right? With a lot of no fluff, but links, images, video, and all that stuff too. And, and we're also going to do a supporting video on it. But that book is going to outline all those things. But to your question, there are really two delivery systems that anybody should focus on. And unfortunately... I say this, and a lot of guys in Europe are hamstrung because they cannot get these delivery systems in the way that we can in America. But mm. that will change. And there are people um, in the European communities that are big supporters and followers of my work, and they are making sure that all this stuff will be there and very you know, regular and very disseminated. So you should inject testosterone. And again, the ester, which we don't have to get into all those different esters. There's like four different esters, but it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, they all cleave molecularly in the bloodstream the same way. Some cleave a little bit faster than others. But at the end of the day, you know, over a 36 to 48 hour window, they all have the same half-lives in, in, in their net effect and breakdown. So injection has to be done either daily or every other day. You can get by with two injections a week or even one injection a week, but you are definitely not going to be optimal You will have you know, what I would call side effects because your uh, the, the the ester the half life of the drug in the body is going to peak and trial too much. So you don't when you want to inject testosterone, you don't want to have any peaks or any trials. You want to be steady state, feeling fucking amazing all the time, right? So if you inject every day, your body mimics it. Your body will actually mimic its natural production from a daily injection. So it sees it as like, oh, that's normal. That's how my body would uh, I previously released it when I was younger. And so you have no what are called biological perturbations, which can lead to side effects, you know, like a, um, a, a disleveling. So daily injections or every other day are preferred. 
Uh, and then the second best way, and it's really, there's no one or the other. Both are opt, both can be optimal. It just depends on that person's unique life, wants and needs, and adherence. If you ask any great doctor, like, what's the best testosterone delivery system? They're going to say to you, the one the patient adheres to, right? Because that's what's most important. This isn't something where, you know, willy-nilly, bro, I'm going to do this for three weeks, and then I'm going to go off for two months. You got to do it for life. This is a lifelong commitment. Um, but you know, when I say that a lot of guys get scared, I should, you know, define that because you already know this. We already said this. I mean, if you think that you're not going to go on testosterone at some point in your life with all this shit, then you're just going to get sick and die in old age and be decrepit and, you know, bent over at the waist. I mean, there is no other way. I mean, even if you're a genetic freak, and I talk about this in various podcasts, a genetic freak who has the best genetics is naturally muscular can avoid all this shit naturally, maybe, maybe gets to 30 to 35, right? At that point, if you do not consider optimizing yourself, you are going to suffer a decline in some form or way. I don't want to debate anybody on that. That is a statistical fact. You can talk to any guys. I, I work with tons of pro athletes. I mean, listen, the bottom line is your body is now being attacked. From every angle, everywhere, and again, situational awareness, it's your decision what you're going to do, but the other delivery system is um, a cream, a compounded 200 milligram per gram cream. Very difficult to come by still in the European communities. There, It is over there. There are doctors. If somebody watches the show, and you know, again, email me through my team, contact at trtrevolution.com. I can forward you and pass you on to the right people. Um, but you can get it. That can be placed on the bottom of the scrotum. So a freshly shaven scrotum every morning. You get out of shower. You take a little dab of the cream. You put it right on the bottom of your nut sack. Right. And boom. You know, you it's I personally use injections for 18 and a half years. I switched to the cream um, at the asking of my previous, not my previous, but my current doctor, Dr. Keith Nichols. Great doctor. He's in uh, Tennessee, right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And he's like, dude, I'm telling you, just try it. Brilliant guy. And so I gave it a chance and, you know, I've, I've never gone back. So I was a guy who was very pro injections for a long time because I saw it as the best delivery system. I did not know that you could use this high level compounded cream and put it on the on the scrotum at the base of the scrotum. The reason it works so well there is the permeability. How, of the how is it called? Like, what's the name of the cream? Uh, good question. It's uh, it's a, just a normal um, compounding pharmacy Versa base or HRT based testosterone cream. And yeah. again, it's two hundred. It's two hundred milligrams per gram. Okay, so the standard dosage for something like that is literally um, AM and PM clicks, depending on the applicator tube. You know, they have two different types. You have one that has a click and it just does it perfect for you. That costs more. Or you can just get the base tube and it just gives you like a little applicator and you just push it in. So, I mean, whatever you want, you know, from a cost standpoint, the, the uh, clicker is a little bit more um, um, convenient, but it's also more expensive. So it just depends on what floats your boat. But they're both the same. The, the HRT and the Versa Base Cream, as far as permeability through the skin, I find them the same. But the scrotum is very, very thin. And placing it right there, two things happen. It's instantly absorbed, and secondarily, it increases DHT, which DHT is dihydrotestosterone. And dihydrotestosterone is the primary androgen signal. It's actually more androgenic than testosterone itself. So putting it right there improves sexual function. So you will definitely have stronger erections. You will definitely have, for guys that are like, you know, monogamous in a single relationship with, a, you know, their wife or their long-term or whatever, it's way better for them because, 
you're going to be much more sexually responsive with the cream on your uh, scrotum than you are getting injections. Now, again, as far as the other benefits, the differentiation, it's very similar. I don't, I don't think that like using the cream is going to be any different than the injections from all the other benefits of testosterone, which again are numerous. I don't, we don't have to talk about them here, but that's it, dude. Everything else is bullshit. Pellets, bullshit. Uh, bucles, bullshit. Um, nasal spray, which is out there again, pharmaceutical companies got to get paid, homie. That shit, garbage, causes headaches. I mean, there, there, there's probably like five other delivery systems that are being patented right now. Like in Europe, they have what is called Nibido or Nitesto, or there's a couple other names for it for the generics. And that's like a giant testosterone bolus given to you like once every 10 weeks. Bro, that is garbage. Stay away from that. That shit, first off, there's a lot of risks and side effects because you're putting a large bolus of testosterone into one injection. They also have a lot of particulates in there to maintain the ester stability. And so when you inject that into the body, if you have any kind of like particulate uh, reaction or you know, it's a, there's an irritant in there that can cause a systemic um, you know, uh, uh, histamine uh, shock or response in your body, I stay away from that shit. The sad part is, is that you, the European community uses that a lot. Because again, it's it's convenient for the doctor. I only have to inject them once every eight to ten weeks. But dude, if you're a guy and you do that, you know, there's horror stories. Just go on Google and just you know read what some of those guys. And the reason you should understand this, um, the reason it sucks is because every one of us is biochemically unique, right? Like you you could take something and I could take something, and both of us are going to have our own unique, completely individualized response to whatever that is in our body. So. When you start boilerplating and cookie cutter templatizing testosterone optimization, you're going to run into problems. And again, that's why I always say that you have to work with a physician who has a world and body of experience, you know, preferably a couple hundred to thousand patients, if not more, who's seen everything that could potentially happen to you, right? Because there's even dudes out there, bro. And and again, we don't have to talk about it today because I could go all day on this stuff, as you can know, but like it's important when you're really at the tip of the spear to actually get your DNA analyzed too. And I work with, you know, Dr. Anthony J and he does that, you know, for 300 bucks, you, you can get your DNA analyzed by like one of the world's leading experts and they can tell you all the problems that you could potentially have over the next 30 to 40 years of your life that you can now avoid. So I recommend when a person starts to become hormonally optimized that they also at the same time concomitantly get their DNA analyzed because once you know what you're working with from a DNA genetic standpoint, you can avoid any potential pitfalls later on down the road that you're not aware of. The only other thing I want to say about DNA, because I get people come at me now, I'm totally aware that DNA is not a limiting factor. Okay, We know in the realms of the quantum, the scientific community realizes that DNA is, is amenable, that it's very much malleable. Epigenetics rule, you know, there's this amazing documentary out there called Ghost in Our Genes, and it basically says that you are not limited by your DNA, right? You're limited by your mind and your action. So just because you have, quote unquote, genetic tendencies from your forefathers and your parents, that doesn't mean that you're saddled with those for life. So I do get that. But measuring your DNA and seeing what you're predisposed to will actually allow you from an epigenetic standpoint to take the action that is necessary so you don't get, you know, suffering from whatever you potentially could suffer from, from your DNA. So I think, you know, those two things uh, to summarize and recap, there's a lot of information there. By the way, this is a good podcast because a lot <laughs> of information is coming out, but you definitely want to make sure that you're either on daily or every other day injections or the cream 
avoid everything else. If the doctors want to give you other shit, find another doctor. It's your legal right. It's your obviously ethical and moral right to you know get the treatment that is important and will work for you. But those are the two delivery systems. And you know, in a day-to-day life of a person on testosterone, it's very simple, bro. You inject yourself in the morning. You have a very, very small micro needle. We're talking a needle that like an, uh, an insulin injector who has like type one diabetes would use. You can't even feel the needle. You know, guys have needle phobia. Oh shit, bro. I got to inject myself every day. Dude, if I have one of those needles, you can't even feel it. You can inject it in your belly fat. You can inject it in your muscles, your glutes, your, you know, everywhere. So it's not a big deal. And then, you know, the second one would be just a cream, you know, just get out of the shower. You put it on your butt, your nuts, you're about your day. And that's it. You know, the other medication, there's a lot of other medications. We could probably mention this if you're a younger guy or any guy who wants to maintain fertility, you do need to use uh, concomitantly uh, either HMG, which is human menopausal gonotropin, or HCG, which is human chorionic gonotropin. Those are women's and male fertility medications. And when you take those along with testosterone, you will maintain luteinizing hormone formation, which allows you to, to uh, keep your sperm modal and also maintain your fertility. A lot of people believe that it's a myth or are fed the bullshit story that, you know, taking testosterone will make you infertile. It's not true, but you just have to use the other medication alone. With mm. it. Brother, um, I, I, I love your advice and unique insights on this topic. So, um, Uh, at the end of every conversation, I always ask five quick questions. But um, before I ask those questions, like, what would be your best advice for everyone who wants to optimize their health in general? Like, what 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 would be your your big picture like best advice for everyone who is currently listening to this episode? Awesome question. Great question, dude. Honestly, <laughs> lower, lower your body fat. Being fat is the number one cause of disease and inflammation. And the lower your body fat is, the less likely you are going to be afflicted with any of those things, the less likely you are going to have any kind of bad negative response to using therapeutic testosterone and using anything for that matter, right? Like I always tell people that the lower your body fat, the longer you're going to live because hence, if you have lower body fat, it means you have more muscle, right? So the more muscle one possesses, possesses the more resistant they are to disease, right? Because muscle increases insulin sensitivity and the more sensitive to insulin you are, the more resistant you are to putting on body fat from, you know, eating too much sugar, eating too many refined carbohydrates and, and hence all those things. So the pro testosterone guy is saying be lean and that will avoid the majority of the problems that you could run into in your life. Again, from a physical standpoint. Great, great advice. So um, could you please tell everybody where can they find you on the social apps? Where can they work with you? Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Um, the best places to interact with me for sure um, are on Twitter. Um, I'm at TRT Expert. And then if you do want to connect with me, I mean, obviously, I highly recommend that you look at my website, which is totrevolution.com. I also have another website that was actually at one time really, really big. It's called Fab fit over 40. It has amazing, amazing con um, content related to people over the age of 40 for fitness, hormones, everything. I mean, my wife pretty much writes there on that site now, but uh, that's also a very, very prominent site. So it was, again, it was, it's fabulously fit over 40, but it's just fabfitover40.com. And then um, if you want my books or my work or many, any, any of my information, just send an email and it's contact at trtrevolution.com and my team will send it out to you right away. <laughs> got it so um the first out of the five question is 
what are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life? Wow, that's impossible for me. I, dude, I'm a prolific reader. <laughs> I, I, I'm such a prolific reader. I mean, I really honestly do read six to eight books a month, and I have been for the last four years. That's why I have such a you know, prodigious amount of knowledge about so many things. Um, it's really hard. I'll give you some books, and I, and yeah. I, can't, I can't rank them. Um, uh, there's a book called Stellar Man by John Baines. And it's a book on hermetic wisdom uh, teachings. It's absolutely amazing book. You should definitely read it. I'll send you, when we get off the show, I'll send you a PDF of it. But um, (laughs) absolutely amazing book. Uh, Let me think of some other books. Um, Probably The Secret Teaching of All Ages by Manly P. Hall. Uh, Also an amazing book on, you know, the, the, the understanding as we know it of our ancestry and our history. And then I would say, let me think of something recent. Um, I'm kind of looking around books, but I, I read so many, um, Hmm. Another amazing book. Let me get back to it. Ask the second question. I'll give it to you by the time we end this. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, I read so many books. It's like really, really hard for me, but by the time we get to the end, I'll give you one more book. <laughs> so the second question is, um, what are the three movies that you have enjoyed the most? Okay. Three movies. Um, Well, to quantify those probably like recent versus old school, um, I love the movie Gross Point Blank with John Cusack, you know, old school movie. Um, Recently probably would be I love the Avengers movies. I'm such a comic book dork. So I love I love um, actually I like Infinity War better than the last one, the newest one. Um, And then probably like from just an impactful super meaningful movie would probably be Robert Redford. Um, what was it called? I think it was a river runs through it with like the story of a boy's, uh, his sons and him growing up on the river in uh, Colorado and fly fishing. And just like all the lessons that he imparted to his children through his life. That's a, that's a deep, deep, profound movie. <laughs> so um, the third question is what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? That's a great question. Probably in, I mean, I've been writing about this pretty prolifically recently. So I just got the red light therapy device um, from What's Juve. Which, so it's uh, J-O-O-V-V.com. I'm actually now one of their corporate spokespeople. There's, they have three of us. Um, and so not to be a shill, but I've been using it for two weeks and it's absolutely amazing. So red light therapy is very radical. And this is going to be, red light therapy is going to be highly detailed and explained in my new book coming, but red light therapy upregulates all of the mitochondria in your cells, right? So the mitochondria are all the powerhouses in all of your cellular processes. So when you use red light on your body, you bathe yourself in red light, you massively upregulate your mitochondria, which again are the powerhouses of the cells. So you're increasing your energy capacity, you increase healing, you increase everything positive in your body from a biological system process standpoint. So when you bathe your body in red light, man, it's incredible. It cre- it actually causes hair regrowth. Um, you, it can improve sexual function. It reduces inflammation. It heals. I mean, literally, if you have an injury and you bathe that area in red light, you can heal the injury of like, like literally six to seven times as fast as normal healing. So it's a truly, truly amazing invention. If you go to J-O-O-V.com, um, and you look around, they have devices, they even have portable devices, like, you know, they're very affordable, but like the one that I have and my wife and I use, and also our children use is like called the Juvelite. It's like a giant, you know, six and a half feet stand and it surrounds your whole body. It's, it's like, imagine going into like a tanning bed, a standing tanning bed, but with red light, absolutely mind blowing. 
And then I would say the second right behind it is the vibration plate. So a lot of people know what the vibration plates are because they've been around for like 10 years, but they've massively improved the technology and the efficiency of the vibration rate. So you can buy a vibration plate now for like two grand and literally radically change your body's uh, physiology from a standpoint of like fat loss and losing you know weight and stuff like that because it's low impact, but it's, it's so healthy for us. Anyway, I've been using both of those things for like the last two weeks now. Uh, I'm kind of a sponsor for this company too. And uh, dude, they're insane. I, well, let me just say this, that the biotechnology that's coming into the market right now is the greatest in the history of the world, at least again, in this epic of the world, right? So it's like, it, I, I can't even tell you how amazing it really, really is. Um, and, and we should all be blessed and, and, and honored and humbled that we're living in this amazing time when all this stuff is coming to the marketplace. So I can only imagine if you interview me 90 days from now, there'll probably be more stuff. <laughs> so um the fourth question is like uh jay what are the most important realizations you've had in the last couple of years and we had some guests who shared something deeply personal about their business about um health about time about their family life about like anything so speak to anything you feel comfortable sharing with us today that's awesome man that's a great question profound and i appreciate it and i'll, I'll definitely step up to the mic on this um so the, real, the, the realization that all of us are here to increase our consciousness. We're not here to be better fathers or better husbands or better dads or making money or any of these things. Those are all attachment to what I call disintegrating frequencies. Okay. And a disintegrating frequency is a physical, you know, matter or aspect of material life, right? Like cars, shiny things, watches, tools, great technology, all of this stuff is just attachment to physical. So it's like when you become aware enough and we're all on the same path, right? All human beings that have souls are on the same path. We're all on a path back to perfection, right? Some of us take longer to get there than others. And again, it really doesn't even matter what your spiritual or your religious beliefs are. And by the way, I'm not religious. I was raised Catholic, but I am now just a very spiritual person. I believe in a source creator energy, whether that's a God or it's some sort of other construct, it doesn't matter. But what I do know is that there's two things that are important. Okay. And these are literally the only two things. And again, I'm a very big student of the quantum frequency and energy. That is it. Okay. Us as physical matter beings in these, you know, meat modem host suits, whatever this is like, they're going to die. We know that, but we are energy and energy is infinite. Energy cannot be contained. It does not die. So it's like when you recognize that you're never going to die and you eliminate the fear of death. And remember, the fear of death is actually the fear of everything. It's the sum of all of our fears, ultimately, because it's that finite, limiting, structural understanding of like, it's going to end. It's not going to end. Think of Gandalf in the movie, the third Lord of the Rings trilogy, when the little hobbit says to him, he's like, Gandalf, are you afraid of death? And he says to him, he says, oh, no, death is not the end. It's just another path, one that we all must take, right? So the reality is, is that you realize when you get to that level of a quantum understanding that you're not going to die, your physical body will die, but your energy is infinite. So it's like once you recognize that your energy is infinite, brother, like you should be here attempting, again, my opinion, but you should be attempting to raise the vibration everyone that you come into contact with, right? Because all you can control 
are the thoughts that you think and the actions that you take. So when you do those two things and you recognize that those two things, which you have control over, you also can manifest positive, happy, creative, curious thoughts and ideas. That's what you should be doing at all times. And like truly knowing in the quantum aspect of energy and frequency that we're all connected, at least those with souls like or, or higher selves or spirit, whatever you want to call it, inanimate. Um, when you do that good stuff, again, increasing your vibration, your consciousness, you're increasing it of the collective. So every time you wake up in the morning, if you see it from that perspective, that when you're doing good and you're serving the higher benefits of mankind, and again, and when you're serving, you should be serving in um, to the divine, the consciousness of the divine. Like everything you do is obviously positive. So when you're doing positive things, you're in service to the divine. Again, the, the, the bigger, higher, higher aspects of ourselves. Um, then you're benefiting everybody. And that's when your life will change dramatically when you stop focusing on things and money and resources and scarcity and all those other things. And all those, those things though, they will come to you as like the natural abundance of the universe. Because as you know, dude, the law of attraction is very real. Everything that we do is a mirror. So when you put out positive things and good vibrations and good thoughts and all those things and you serve people again in the process of the divine, dude, it's amazing how life becomes better. Brother, this was by far the best answer on this question. <laughs> this this already made the whole interview. <laughs> I'm glad, brother. I'm glad to hear that. Really love your thoughts. Um, so, um, like, before I ask the last question, um, like, what is the book you would uh, l like to name? Uh, yeah. yeah so, so I think it would be, I think, honestly, and, you know, he's going to laugh when he, when, I, when he hears this, but Estro Generation, which is right here. So this book right now, every person on the planet, male and female, should read this because this will let you know about your, this will increase your situational awareness instantly. Because this is telling you, so basically, it's how estrogenics are making you fat, sick, and infertile. Like, this is the guidebook or the playbook right now for modern-day civilized life on what you must do to not be death, to, to not face death from feeling like shit and dealing with all the, uh, you know, the wars on our biological system. So, I mean, I, I never thought of that, but, like, this is so influential in my work and has been in the last two years. And obviously, I have such an amazing relationship with this guy now. We're actually doing a bunch of work together um, I'll put it up there. <laughs> so the last question for today, Jay, is um, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? <laughs> wow. I have to think a little bit about that. I would just tell them that no, none of the mistakes that I would make were ever really mistakes, that mm -hmm. they were just learning experiences that did not define me, but I could use them to shape my reality, right? Because dude, we all have the ability to manifest any reality that we want. Remember what I said, like two things, the thoughts you think and the actions you take, when you know that you have control over those things and you focus on doing, contributing to the, to the greater good, you do shape your reality. You know, if this is quote unquote, and Mike and I are about to do a podcast on this, but if we are in a simulated reality, a lot of obviously, you know, physicists and, uh, and quantum people think that we are, then that means that you can shape anything that again, the thoughts that you think, and again, the actions you take can shape the vibration 
of what, you know, the life that you're creating for yourself. So it's like, when you know that, like, you got to realize that no matter what you mistake or define as a mistake or as a collapse or as a debacle or any of those things that you look back on, they were all learning experiences and you have the opportunity to grow from those based on how you define them. If you define them as negative, then you're not going to grow. But if you define them as like, hmm, that's interesting. What can I learn from this? You know, even now, like I can look back at some of the things I did and I say, oh, well, how did that learn? What did I learn from that? You know, how did that shape me to where I am now? And I grew from that. And again, I wasn't able to do that when I was 39 or 40, but I can do that now. And again, that's just part of the evolutionary process. So, you know, I think to sum that up is like, no matter where you find yourself at right now in the world, no matter how much you define your life as good or bad, you can change it. And you have the power, you alone have the power to fix everything based on how intentional and focused and, you know, um, creative you get about doing it. Brother, um, you're such a great thinker. Um, I, I love your energy. I love your vibe. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this episode. Thank you very, very much for being on the podcast. It was an honor to be on here, brother. And thank you for bringing the best out of me. Um, I, I think you did. It was an awesome podcast. I agree. <laughs> Talk soon, my man. Okay, brother. Have a good day.